hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood as humans, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. I believe there's great people through all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. Okay, so this is someone that I've just uh, adored from afar for a long time on LinkedIn, met a few times through some podcast communities that I'm a a, a part of and networked into. She is a sales coach. She's right now doing uh, some awesome uh, sales coaching in a boot camp uh, based on a, a book that one of our former guests, Andy Paul, wrote, so Sell Without Selling Out. She's also had an awesome career in and out of sales as a sales enablement person, as an individual contributor throughout her career. And she also hosts an awesome sales podcast. And what I love about uh, this person is just how she approaches uh, the profession of sales and what she believes about it. And I am so excited to introduce none other than Amy Rahovchek to the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Oh, thanks, Alex. What a what a fun intro. It's a pleasure to be here. And nice to nice to meet you from afar, listener. Thanks for checking out the episode. Yes. And um, you know, thank you for like helping me pronounce your last name. I hope I didn't butcher it <laughs> as was much perfect. as many others in your life have. Um you know, Amy. So, like, for everybody listening, so like, what what interests me about the 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 sales, the the you know, pure sales people by profession that I bring on is like, I really like people who come at it from a lens of you know how I can truly approach things with intention and understanding, and everything I I see you put on 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 LinkedIn, every interview that I'm in, it's clear to me that. You know, I I say this on my LinkedIn. This is where I think we're connected. I say my understanding strategy is my sales strategy, and I and I feel that so much for from you. So we're going to get into some of the tactics of what you teach, and because we were even saying before the call, like you know, it, it's rare to go into a a sales enablement session or a training session, and the sales enablement's talking about human connection or how do you build that? Maybe they'll like talk about rapport, they'll talk about active listening, but they're not talking about like individually, like how you develop it in yourself or how you can practice that. Um, and and um, in conversations with Sam McKenna and others, like I've seen you really, uh, you know, kind of um, help people practice that and help people understand it in themselves. So my first question, Amy, I ask everyone this, and I think you would be able to like, like really give uh, some some things to our listener, listeners. I ask everybody this signature question and it's this. So Amy, when I say the word sell something, but sell it by being human, what does that mean to you? And what does that bring to mind to you when I say something like that? Gosh, there's so many different ways that you could take that that question. What it means to me, the first thing I thought of was differentiation. Right. And, and I think it is a, a buzzy, a trending topic right now, selling with authenticity, selling with, while being human. But as you mentioned, it is exquisitely hard to teach and like identify the components, you know, to do differently. Um, and for that reason, I do think a lot of people 
are still missing the mark. And so when someone is able to figure it out, when they are able to practice and show up with true, like really truly having silenced their own agenda, which is insanely difficult to do in sales, um, you really do differentiate yourself. You do stand out. And I'll give two numbers just as one example. I think this was last year, or I'm referencing two studies. It was the LinkedIn state of buying, and I think it was the Salesforce state of selling, right? So again, don't quote me on the titles, but this were both last year. And I remember reading them both in the same day. And in the Salesforce, like the state of selling, right, B2B sales, they asked a bunch of uh, sellers, right, how good they were at connecting with their buyers, And it was wild because it was like 91% of salespeople said that they were exquisite at connecting with their buyers, right? They were just top, top marks. And for a lot of us, like this is kind of why we go into the profession because we are, we do have a natural inclination for towards connection. But that same year, those same buyers, right over at LinkedIn, not the same exact buyers, but you get what I'm saying. 89% of the market reported feeling like a number. 89. So 91% of sellers thought that they were exquisite at connecting. (laughs) And 89% of the market of buyers, B2B buyers, reported feeling like a number. And it's just like, wow, like we've we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, You know, step one, as they say, is awareness. It is like lots of room for improvement. So to your question, those that are able to figure it out, those that are able to silence their agenda, go back to their buyers for both deals that they've won and lost and ask, you know, what What was it about this deal? How was it and how I showed up? And what can I do better or different next time? Um, They really, really, really do differentiate. And I'm going to pause there. Yeah. I I mean, I've never heard that. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. And it should, that should be a, like, like a rallying cry. That should just be a, a number that we all think about how we want to connect. And maybe we don't even say, hey, I'm really good at connecting. Um, Because even if you think you're good at it, we can all learn something. We learn something with every interaction. Like Amy, as good as you are, I'm sure like you pick up something from uh, me, from like the guy down the street, maybe a neighbor, like something you're like, oh, I love, like that made me feel a certain way. Or you, you, we all like experience these moments throughout our days, but we like just blow by them, you know, and we don't realize how, how much we can use them for the next person. So they're like, wow, Amy was super present. She made me feel connected by, you know, by, by asking me a follow-up question or just, you know, just offering something about herself that I could then uh, like reciprocate off of, or that I could like use in conversation. So, yeah, I mean, when you think about what, what, what you just said made me think about when there's that, that total paradox when all these sellers are thinking they're they're awesome and all these buyers are thinking no you're not awesome it made me think like you 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 had a podcast where you're like people think oh that person's naturally good at sales you're just a natural born seller you should get into sales you're just natural but like no one says that at, at other professions right no, nobody's ever met a natural lawyer or a natural doctor. It's ridiculous that it's just this profession. But yes, this is my this is my soapbox, friends. And Alex busted it out for us. So here we are. <laughs> yes, and I you, I will die on that soapbox with you all day. But so then now I'm thinking about like if if no no one's natural at selling, like how do we practice 
connecting, you know, and maybe even before we practice connecting, like that most important thing you said is so hard for people to do. I think people would really like to know this from you. And I, maybe I'll give some perspective on this. How do you own agenda of like, and, and take away what you want to accomplish out of this? Because, you know, all sellers, anybody who's trying to influence change or something you have, like, it's good to ha have a, an outcome or focus it on, you know, some type of, I don't want to say goal, but you you're focused on, uh, you have like a, um, like you do have an agenda. We all have agendas. You have to realize we all have agendas, but letting that go, where should people start in maybe the work of, of doing some of that? And maybe have you had to do that in your sales career? No, no, I'm a complete natural. I was complete, I was bored to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the 90%. Yeah. Um, no, okay. So I, I want to take a step back from that question, then I'm going to address it. And I, I'm going to, I, so we teach based off of, like you said, Andy's book, The uh, Sell Without Selling Out, which consists of four pillars, right? So the whole methodology, this whole, let's call it philosophy or guiding style are based on these four pillars of connection, curiosity, understanding, and generosity. And I I believe, like Andy, that these are natural human traits, right? It is very, very, very human. We are, we are, we thrive on connection, and I think a lot of our societal factors right now, and the technology, and, and a lot of times, is not helping our case. Uh, the nuclear family, other factors, we we've come away from that piece of who we are and how we're supposed to operate together. And so there is a, a relearning aspect. Same thing with curiosity, right? Think about as, as a kid, like what's the word that you hear most? No, right? And in many ways, the curiosity has been trained out of us. Same thing, we see it on sales floors with like a, just a maniacal adherence to a sales process without, yeah, any room for variation or uh, dynamic approaches. Um, but that said, so again, natural character traits, and it's just about unlearning un a lot of the, the, the bad habits, if you will. Okay. Now with that said, how can we get back to, okay. So I liked what you were, where you were going with it's, we all ha should have goals, but the way that I teach it, the way that I think about it is what's my intention? right? What is my intention with just take the a discovery call, first time discovery call, right? And, and I will generally share my intention at the start of the call, which is a, a key piece of building trust, right? Which we can talk about in a second, the components of trust. But my intention, right, buyer is to help you make the best possible decision at any given point. And and so like now that I've shared my intention, right, what's yours for this call? And so you can kind of get that mutual sharing. Um, but that said, I think it's very rare to approach a sales a discovery call that way. Right. And I think if you ask most people, what is your goal for the call? What is the objective? You'll get some variation of you know, uncover needs or dig for pain or find out if there's a mutual benefit and or schedule the next meeting. And it's just, there's just a, a much, a much better way to approach it. And the last thing that I'll add with it, it, it it's, it's a knock on, I think, how most sales floors are teaching uh, how to approach these conversations. And that is we, we aspire to persuade someone right? To move them towards our agenda, right? Because our sales process says the next step. One, we don't take into account that our sales process is has been designed and created and delivers value to the company by way of predictable revenue. 
It has nothing to do with the buyers. It has nothing to do with how the buyers buy. In fact, I think Gardner does a great job with their buyer's journey, which is like a, a spaghetti map of just all over the place, decisions to be made, like has nothing to do with your linear sales process, friends. And so um, in order to get our buyers to adhere to our process, right, and more specifically our timeline, we are attempting to persuade them which ironically is an action that is universally despised by everyone. And then we wonder why the average win rate across the profession and uh, B2B uh, software sales in particular is 17%, 17%. And I'll just leave it there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I heard that yours was hovering in the 70s or 7 75 yeah percent. for the last so, three years yes and so you do have receipts and you you know what you're talking about and this stuff works and we'll get into what you did you know as an individual contributor but what i loved about that way you open up a call and this could be a discovery call this could be just a first time meeting someone practice this out as like you know like yeah my intention is this it's a, it's a subtle difference of saying hey you know my goal in this whole thing is this or you know, what I want to get out of this call is this, like, it's just like, you know, when your intentions are truly a, a, the person, you know, may not hear that, like, and that's different. Like my intentions are truly to help you reach the best decision in this whole process. And I even may add, and, and that decision may not end up in the, you know, all roads leading back to me. And, and if that is the case, I want you to know I'm okay with that. And, and, you know, and we'll, we can certainly talk about it when this is done, but, you know, we, we certainly, my, my intention is to, to help you make that decision. And, and if we, you know, think that the next step is a demo or the next step in the process is this, like every, what you'll get from me is, is guiding. That's what we're going to do. You're is going to be guiding you to that end. And if, and if all roads don't lead back to us entering into something together, I want you to know it's okay to say no or, you know, that sort of thing. And so like you talked about the elements of building trust, that's like, well, great, Alex. Now, now that's my intention. I don't assume anything. What, what's your intention with this call? Where would you give them choice, give them autonomy to say, hey, where, where would you like, what was your intention, you know, to take this call with me today? And yeah. That sort of why, thing. why did you hop on a call with a salesperson? Like there's gotta be something going on. <laughs> um, and it, it touches on like what you said about vulnerability, right? When you show up, I think our role as salespeople is obviously to create a safe enough space where the buyer is able to share candidly what's really going on, what they really need. And the best, one of the best ways to do that or to set the stage for that is, is often to be vulnerable first, you know? And so it's, it's a slight um, distinction, but when you are able to show up like that, like, you know, I think it was Adam Grant's give and take, right? He talks about the givers, takers and matchers, right? Most people are matchers. Most people, you're, 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 the numbers are in your favor. So when you show, yeah, when you show up a certain way, more often than not, someone's going to match you. And when you, when you share first, when you're vulnerable first, <laughs> uh, you, you are, you are differentiating, right? To bring it back. But I'm going to take this a step further. I think that there's another thing to consider by way of intention, right? And specifically, how to help guide the the buyer through their own buying journey. And that is when, when I ask reps and you know what, Alex, let's play a game. What do you think is the goal of, of a sales call? 
What's your primary objective? Other than like, you know, make sure they make sure they have a good or get whatever information they need. No, but like when you go into a, a first time conversation, get the next call, right? It's very common, very common thing and that we're taught. My goal when I go into these conversations is to uncover the most important thing to the buyer, right? There's always one most important thing. And when you can get at that, that kernel of truth in there, then you actually stand a shot of helping them get what they want, right? Helping them get there. And it's, it's, there's a science to it and there's an art to it. But I, 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 I think that there's a lot of power in thinking about the sales call that way. The second thing I will say about the getting to the next appointment is that that's part of, at least from where I'm sitting, persuasion and my own agenda, because I am trying to get the buyer to act on my timeline, not theirs. Like when I was selling, and this is one of the things that we coach on now, but when I was selling, I... I was constantly trying to suss out what other priorities were on the table for the person that I, that I was sitting with, that was sitting across the way, right? And or how prepared were they to implement a technology like we're talking about? With the knowledge that when I can have a very frank conversation with them about, hey, you're not ready yet. It's been my experience that buyers that try to buy at this particular stage, A, B, and C kind of tank, right, on the other side of the deal, right? And we know what happens when you as a buyer, you, you're there's a lot of risk involved to making these decisions. These are big decisions. There's a lot of peers involved. And so what I share is like, okay, these are the things that I would do first before shopping, right? These are the aspects of your business problem that often, you know, I'll ask three questions to help them think differently. But these are the aspects of your business problem that maybe you hadn't considered. And these are the three things that you're going to want to do before you start shopping. And guess what, right? They generally go do those things. And guess what happens when they do them? They call me back. They call me back. And you know what I know, just like uh, death and taxes, I'm, I'm still going to have a quota in six months from now. So like, it's going to be a welcome conversation anyway. And so those are just something to consider, right? It, it, it behooves you to help the buyer think about their readiness to even start the motion, right? And then, but this is, I think, a conversation about qualifying deals and velocity and all that. But with that, I'm going to pause. <laughs> I love you. You have so much good stuff to say. So thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I like, you know, I'm not sure if you're, you know, like in my experience, what I've seen people do at this stage, and here's, here's what you're, here's what you've, you've done throughout this process that I think is a red flag, or that I think is a risk, or that I've seen, just other people not have success with, and here's why. And here's some things that like I would be prepared for. I like that word readiness. Like, you know, if, if people know like your intention is to get them ready to buy or to help them buy, then they're like, oh, Amy's not intention, in, intention isn't to get a sale today. They're just preparing me and teaching me. And um, maybe, you know, even learning from me you know, she she's not just educating me about her software, educating even about her buying process. She's educating me about, um, and she's learning about me and using that learning to educate me on things that I hadn't considered. So it's like, oh wow, like like I'm I'm feel connected to Amy in that way. 
it's the it's the software it's the buying process uh or it's the um the business problem that you're also educating them about right because you ask questions in in a broader way to and this is i think my objective while asking questions it's not to get information from them it's to help them think differently about their business problem and as a byproduct of that i also happen to get a lot of great information to you know to suss out you know readiness or and then some um so i'm helping them think understand more about my product i'm helping them understand more about my their their business problem right as the expert of said business problem that talks to all these people uh, you know, at all these other companies, right, that has a tangible value for your buyers in these conversations. And then the third, and I think often the biggest thing is I'm helping them understand the buying journey. I'm helping them understand the tasks to be done. Hey, how are you shopping for this, for this software? right? Let's say it is a qualified deal. And then we kind of get into, okay, what's your process? Who's on the buying team? What else are you looking for? How are you tracking which, what, what you're learning as you're going along? Oh, you haven't, you don't have a spreadsheet yet with all the features listed out and like a way to weight what their importance between, you know, high, medium, low. Um, well, you know what, let me just save you that step. Let me, let me share my spreadsheet with you. You guys can change it, do whatever you have to do, but at least you won't have to start from a blank sheet of paper. And it's been my experience that when you help them to buy more effectively, they love you for it. Like ask how that goes in, in my favor when I help them frame their shopping, whatever process. Come on. So again, the three things, it's your product friends, it's the business problem that you're helping them understand, and it's the how to buy. Often your buyers, they're not, they're not buying software every day. A lot of them, this is their first time or maybe the first time in a couple of years, right? Help them make that process less scary, less risky and easier and faster, right? Nobody wants to spend six months shopping for a piece of software. That's ridiculous. If you can help them do it more effectively, not only will they love you for it, but you're, you're, the speed with which you're closing deals will increase exponentially. Yeah. You know, um, I, I heard it put uh, by a, an awesome rep. Uh, I have to give this guy credit. Uh, his name's Brian Hicks, and he was on the Sales Success Stories podcast the other day. And he said, you know, one of the best pieces of it, he just said it. I think he was just, you know, riffing, and he said something. And it's just to exactly what you said is like, my job as a seller is not, you know, to get them to understand me. It's just for me to understand them, you know? And so often we try to like get people to understand like what we believe, how we're different, what we're unique. And there may be asking you those questions like what we, how do you compare to your competition and all that great stuff. Like, but the genesis behind why they're asking is because, you know, they're afraid they want to make a great decision. They want to do all those things. So you have to like uncover, you know, kind of the why behind their asking and what other priorities. And like you said, like what they think their problem is versus what their actual problem might be or hey how their 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 processes maybe maybe going to open up or contribute to a how their process might create a, 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 an unforeseen extra business things, problem yeah. <laughs> extra business problem right yeah. so you know that's my goal when i hear you say like i'm yes i'm constantly trying to i i say to people at the beginning like i'm sure you're gonna have a lot of questions for me i'm gonna have a lot of questions for you at the end like you know what i hope to get out of this is to really understand how we could be of a fit or even if we are a fit to what you're looking to do and to really understand beyond deeply like what you're really what problems 
exists that you're looking to solve because it's not every day I joke around that you're like, let's wake up and rip and replace software. Let's wake up and start a, a project to buy something for six months. And, you know, the, people just, you just don't do that. So something- I don't have anything better to do. Better, better. Let's talk to a bunch of salespeople for no reason. So like, I'm like I want to know that that thing that made this problem get, get so big that you had to call, you know, a, a salespeople to talk, a salesperson to talk exactly. about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, I'm so glad that we're bringing up business problems. So um, I think it was Gartner did the state of buying this report was from this year. And it talks about uh, the top factors for vendor selection. Right. And uh, there were two notable things, but the, the first and not where we're going to go with this, but the first was that the number one factor this year was trust. Right. Trust and not trust in the it, it was trust in the rep, trust in the company, trust in the like, product, right? All of the things were connected. And not that this is a new factor per se. However, it's never been so high on the list. Very cool, right? Awesome. But the thing that really jumped out at me, and I, I did mention this on Maria's show the other day that we were talking about, but it was, I think, factor three or four, right? The rep had mastery of the business problem that we were trying to understand or trying to fix. And that is such, I was really excited to see it on this list because I think it's the place where most reps go down, where most training programs go down. And it's often most sales managers like really miss the mark on this. And I think we could just do a better, a lot better to help empower, I think, field teams to understand what the business problem is, understand the ripple effects, the downstream effects, what is the root cause, what are the symptoms, how do they show up in adjacent departments, what, what are the general complaints, anyway, all those things. And so with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there. But yay for learning and understanding business problems. All right. Uh, so, Amy, we were just talking about your friend Phil and connecting all the stuff that he was doing with like texting you and then also what that rep at Amazon doing was doing. And, uh, you know, so like I just heard all, a lot of stuff about making people the master of their own stories and giving people choices, asking really good how questions, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I guess like as we wrap it up, like. Um, you know, anything that you would challenge, uh, like people to do, like to, to be more like maybe Phil or like this, this rep at Amazon, like maybe subtle things they could do. This isn't like huge personality changes, but you know, things that you might suggest to, to people who are listening to this, um, to maybe think about when they're, you know, trying to connect in the same way. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it's a great question. And I, for me, the theme that keeps coming up this year and the past couple months in particular as just being like an overarching, um, and it, that is just more intention. Show up with more intention. Make the cold call with more intention. Be more intentional with your emails, right? Like come come to some kind of hypothesis about who this person is and how you can help them right? As opposed to this arbitrary, like, air quote, personalization, like, hey, I saw you're at so-and-so company in this industry. And like, no, come up with a true, like, take the moment, take the pause to get to know just a little bit. I'm not saying spend all day doing research. You can do research well in a short period of time, but uh, just take that breather and um, think deeply about, again, what are you trying to, what is your objective here? And how can I help 
this person that's on the other side of the the you know on the receiving end of this message this call this this meeting um how can i do a better job of uncovering what they need and then helping them get that and again that requires i just think more intention yeah i mean it sounds yeah like it sounds basic uncover what they need help them go get that but like it's just you know we can all be incrementally better like I think anybody, anybody, the person who's the number one salesperson at any organization or just somebody that's never taken a sales training can all just ask themselves, like, how can I just be incrementally better? How can I incrementally put more intention into like whatever action? And maybe it's already good, but like mm-hmm. it can always be a little bit better. I it can like. always be a little bit better. Yeah. So, Amy, I, I, I end off everything. This is going to be fun. I feel like this is going to be a good a uh, good answer. Um, you'll, you'll be one of the funnier answers. I ask everybody just because I think, you know, the, the hypothesis that I came out with in this podcast is that everybody has this unique quality about them of how they connect and how they're unique and how they uh, go about understanding, connecting with others. And so this is just a fun question about you. So, and I think that no one else uh, is, is, is going to be able to tell me. So if I asked all your friends, Amy, your family, people closest to you, like, what is just something about Amy that is just so totally Amy that only Amy would do? Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's a thing. It's a quirk. Uh, what is what is that thing? What is that event? What is that something that they're going to tell me about uh, about you, you think? Gosh, oh, my gosh. With the, another hard question. What is the thing I am going to... <laughs> Uh, I, it's got to be some kind of reading. Like if it, anybody's going to say anything, okay, it's going like to be, I'm going to be the person You're that's going to read. Yeah. Read the situations. crazy thing, bring the book in weird situations. I've brought books on dates and gotten called out. Like first oh, time, da- like wow, I'm bringing nice. books, you know, when I should be driving, like I played when my purse is too small to carry a book. And like, I, I remember it was actually a, a it's a, a conference and it was a dinner the first night everybody got there and one of my friends I had walked up we, we walked to the restaurant together and we sat down and he called out at the table he's like I just got to ask everybody does anybody else have a statistics book on them right now in case anybody wanted to learn about lying with numbers it's just just check it and, and I like of course turned beet red because there was in fact like a math book in my bag and so that would be no and you I had to he outed you in front of yeah, other people added, you, had to, you had to yeah, <laughs> you shameful. had to raise your but that was probably a great uh, conversation start so then my follow-up is then where are all the books do you have to gift them do you you know do you have just an enormous bookcase do you have lots of boxes i think there's boxes in my dad's office i think in the storage unit i've got tons at my house um like here i'm gonna turn the camera i'm at my grandfather's but there's the book of like books in the corner (laughs) no bookcase she's for everybody that can't hear or see this right now she's just pointing to a stack of books on her carpet on the floor (laughs) well this was this there was a bookcase here but i sold that I sold everything in this house like that. So now everything that is mine and that I've bought or that I've read already, the summer is over there. But yeah, constantly surrounded by books. Okay. What are you reading right now? What's, uh, you know. Well, there's two, Radical Candor, and then it's a new sci-fi book. Hold on. I'm going to get it. Hold on one second. Yeah. She's getting the sci-fi book. She's going to run and get it. I I want to know what this sci-fi book is. It is... To sleep in a sea of stars. Wow. 
And so I try to always go back and forth between like, you know, nonfiction, fiction and keep, keep it, keep it spicy. Love it. Uh, well, Amy, it's a joy to talk to you as always. Where can people like learn more about you, connect with you and, um, and get to know you a little better. I think LinkedIn is absolutely the easiest place. And I'm very, if you can get past spelling my last name, then you're in great shape. <laughs> but I'm very accessible over there. And of course, the boot camp. We've got our boot camp launching. We're doing another one for the buyer experience boot camp. And I can be found over at antipole.com backslash bootcamp. Nice. And all the links will be in the show notes and everything. Amazing. Amy, a, a pleasure as always. Such a great conversation, my friend. Thank you so much. I hope it's not the last. Well, right back at you, sir. And Thank uh, you. listeners, thanks for hanging out. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.